Have I thrown you off? No. Didn't think so. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Loose by Nelly Furtado. Nelly Kim Furtado. Oh. Born December 2nd, uh, 1978. I'm sure she won't mind you saying that. Um, and I think we are, I wouldn't say long overdue, but she's definitely been on our, been on our list for a while. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is the album that we mutually agreed on uh, very early on. There was no uh, argument to have Folklore, for example, as the album that we spoke about. No offence to Folklore or any Folklore fans. Of which I know there are many that listen. Yes. So, hello. Uh, So Nelly, a Canadian singer-songwriter. Do you remember the first hit she had? I'm Like a Bird. And uh, it, was, it was lovely, wasn't it? It was very nice. Yeah, this lovely hippie girl doesn't seem to over-sexualise herself, just really living for the moment. Uh, yeah, really whimsical, very light, breezy. Mm. Just lovely, isn't it? Really, really uh, nice. And she carried that on for a little while. <laughs> uh, and I think the album we're here to talk about today, Loose, uh, she certainly had a change of direction. Yes, musically and visually in, hand, in how she sort of uh, represented herself. And I must say, straight off, straight away, I'm not saying in any way that is a negative thing. Although there was some criticism about the sexual image, uh, the more sexual image that she adopted as part of this campaign. Well, some people just don't like change. But personally, I see it as a positive thing. I, uh, I, I really like it when artists embrace different genres and different styles and whether that's something that's in at the moment, so it's, it's worth exploring a little bit more or just something that they... You know, it's always been on their to-do list. And Nelly's still going. So she last released um, Sticks and Stones uh, last year. And sadly, I I don't know if it's the same for you, Will, after this album, I don't know anything else that she did. I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Nelly, but I completely lost interest after this album. But I think it's because there's nothing nothing came out that was as well publicised. I don't remember what the next album was called. I don't know what the next single's called. I remember there being a greatest hits not long afterwards. But when this album did so, so well, why on earth weren't the management or record company, you know, treating this as a stepping stone to her becoming one of the biggest uh, female artists in the world? Because uh, I know she released an album just a couple of years ago in 2017. But like you say, it's, this was probably her peak. Yeah. I did say, though, just yesterday in a conversation about Nelly Furtado, because obviously it's all that's been on my mind for the last week, I think she would be great at Glastonbury in the sort of um, Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, Saturday afternoon slot, um, because she has got a lot of hits that I'm sure would go down well. I was thinking about her more uh, to join the the Hall of Fame with... Uh, the likes of Faye Tozer and Denise Van Atten for a role in Chicago. <laughs> I sometimes wonder how your mind works. Uh, it's a it's a mysterious place with lots of things going on in there. Medieval things in there. <laughs> Aztec things. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Loose today. So the third studio album, this was by Nelly. It was released in 2000, June 2006. Um, 
And most well-known was the producer, I guess, from this album. The, one of the biggest things from this album was the collaboration with Timberland in particular. But not just Timberland. This was also with... Rick Knowles from Danger Hands. Nick Knowles? <laughs> yes, before he went into the jungle... Uh, and that seemed like the beginning of his music career. It actually started a long time before when he worked with Nelly Furtado. Um, Jim Beans as well and Danger um, were two of the other producers. Uh, d- danger, sorry. Sorry? It was Danger. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm not au fait with uh, every every producer in the pop world. Oh, a bit of sass there. <laughs> but uh, Timberland um, is... Uh, all bar a few of the tracks on this album is responsible for them and this was really a glorious time for Timberland himself he produced everything for everyone around this time didn't he he worked with from Madonna and Duran Duran to Ashley Simpson and Chris Cornell um, just everyone and then he did his own album of course didn't he with a few bangers on that as well Shock Value yes and also around this time another fantastic album he produced um, with with a artist who was huge at the time, and he's still quite big now, was Future Sex Love Sounds. Oh, I loved that album, and particularly that song, Future Sex Love Sounds, which wasn't a single. Oh yes, it's of uh, no, I'm not going to try and do the do the noise for it, but oh, um, please do. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, but he also did Sexy Back, didn't he? Yes, that was a great one. Was that part of that album? Yeah, it yes, was, it yeah. was. Sorry, and yes. what goes around. Yeah, I've nearly sung that as well, but no, no, no singing this week. I promised uh, promised my mum I wouldn't sing again on the podcast. <laughs> um, something I've just realised, actually, bit of a disclaimer here, that is not on our long list, and I don't know why the hell it isn't. What, future sex love sounds? Yeah. Um... Get, get it on the long list, for God's sake. Just get it on there. It's on. It's added to the list. So we'll be doing that in uh, October 2020. <laughs> uh, as we said last week, We've got a very long list. But we do want to hear your suggestions as well. At Move to Trash UK. So, should we get stuck in? Yes, please. So, side one, track one. This is Afraid. Some lovely girly giggles at the end of that track. Well, you and I did have a fun time listening to it, didn't we? <laughs> uh, now, I hate to be a cliche. Um, let me guess. I think I'm a crystal ball out. She really sets a stall out <laughs> for the album. But she really does. That whole... You can really feel the Timberland production from the first track there. I completely agree. But I, what I like about it is that it's in a bit more of a subtle way than what we're going to see on some of the tracks coming up very soon some of the singles that were released it's just kind of teetering into the room he's got a light touch there like a, like a butterfly I bet no one's ever said that about Timberland before <laughs> but a lighter touch yes definitely I also really like how it begins with that electric guitar it's not the sort of sound that you normally associate with Timberland it's normally very much heavy synths and drum machines and things like that and it's I love it almost feels a little bit apocalyptic 
There's yeah. a gentle electronic beeping noise in the background there. Uh, and that's the official term for that noise. Yes, I've just looked that up and yes, you're absolutely right. We I... should compile a compendium of um, synth-pop electro noises. I'm sure Urban Outfitters would be up for selling it. Uh, as a stocking filler for Christmas. Absolutely. So, And also, as well as it begins with that really great guitar work, and I love it at the end, it's that choir just carrying on the song for a little bit longer than you would expect it to end. I think, again, it's, a choir is not a sound that you normally associate with Timberland. I like to think perhaps that's the... That's showing that Nelly Furtado is having her own input in this. It's not a, it's not a collection of songs that Timberland has readily produced, and it's just for her vocal to go on. I think she's having a real input into this album and bringing in some of those kind of a bit more crazy new wave uh, sounds from her previous two albums. So what a what a marriage actually. Some of the more urban uh, sort of edgier beats from Timberland, and some of the more whimsical joie de vie that uh, that she brings into the mix. Definitely, and actually, it's worth pointing out this isn't the first collaboration of Timberland with Nelly Furtado. So way back from her first album, there was a song called, um, and pardon my French please, Shit on the Radio. Oh. I did say pardon my French please. Yeah, listen, you still said the disgusting phrase. What radio? <laughs> really not a fun, are you? Um, and there was a remix of that song by Timberland, and they also worked together on a remix of Missy Elliott's Get Your Freak On. Wonderful song. Yeah. Brilliant. Quiet. Do, do, anyway, we won't, <laughs> we won't sing it for you. Uh, when you said shit on the radio, I was reminded of that hilarious moment from uh, from the archives, track by track archives. Remember we talked about the Scissor Sisters and tits on the radio? Tits on the radio, yes. Tits on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Came in too high. <laughs> Let's move on now to track two. This is a big one. It's an absolute banger. It's a meaty track. This is Man Eater. So that was Man Eater, big hit single. Massive hit single, and I absolutely love that song. Was it on your brother's, because it's happened now, was it on your brother's wedding playlist? It wasn't, which is such a shame because my grandma is a huge fan of that song. But uh, Well, I've heard on the grapevine that Nana was a bit of a man eater at the wedding. Well, Nana's a man eater any day. But uh, she, was trying to, she was trying to get a lift home off one of the uh, groomsmen. <laughs> She's a big listener, a big fan of this podcast, so uh, she'll have your guts for garters. Oh, no, no. Just to give you a flavour of how big this hit was, I mean, it was number one in the UK, first and foremost, uh, and it was in the high reaches of the Billboard Hot 100, and basically top three over most of Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, etc. And she already was well-known, wasn't she? Because I'm Like a Bird was a huge hit, as mentioned before, um, Beep on the radio was was a big hit. And then from the second album, I think uh, there was Powerless and Try, which were kind of not quite as big a hits, but still 
relatively well known, but then this, I think, just really put her on the map. It was one of those songs where an artist comes along, launches, had a big successful first album. It's one of those songs that comes along on album three and just solidifies their place as a huge star because she's got the draw to attract a big producer um, and she's got the, the profile then to, to take this kind of on an international stage. So much so that now, where are we, 12, 13 years later, um, it still sounds really... This could be released now and it still sounds pretty current. Yeah, that production is fresh as a daisy. And talking about sort of how it was by the third album that she had this, you know, became this huge, huge, huge worldwide known star. What I really like about that is it's almost quite an old-fashioned way of doing it nowadays or 10 years ago or so when this came out, you know, people would release an album like Britney, for example, and that first album would be a mega hit. Whereas here, this is almost like something, if you think about U2, for example, their first three albums, you probably, or first two albums at least, you, uh, as a casual listener, you probably wouldn't be able to name any songs on there. Um, they didn't particularly hit the heights of the charts. There's no really big uh, tracks from the greatest hits. But then by album three and four, they became worldwide known, huge megastars. Uh, and that's what we saw here. Uh, the style from this for this song was inspired by uh, the Hall & Oates song of this Maneater from mm. the 80s. And um, very positively received with comparisons to uh, some, of the eight, some other 80s sounds in the likes of Depeche Mode. I just think what I really like about this song is that there's a real simplicity to it actually it's very there's lots of repetitive elements there's a very repetitive drum beat the synth patterns even the uh, timbaland in the background giving it some o's and whatnot um yeah i just think there's something very simple about it that i love i can imagine getting my ipad out now and getting on garage band and putting something quite similar together no not just not to not to begrudge not to belittle the team that made this song uh, just a, two final stats before we move on. Uh, it was number seven of one of the best-selling, the seventh best-selling song of 2006, and it sold uh, 600,000 copies in the UK. Goodness me. Imagine that. And, of course, this is the album version, so you get a couple of, uh, a minute or so extra on there, which is always nice. Uh, track three is an interlude leading into track four, so we're going to go straight to that, uh, which is Promiscuous. Get in my world, get lost in it, but I'm tired of running, that's why I'm for a Promiscuous there. And just to, I think we should make it very clear that, of course, that is what we were parodying at the beginning of the episode. Just if there was any doubt, mm. which I'm sure there was plenty. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so, Promiscuous, do you know what? I prefer, I mean, it's probably one of the big so- other big songs on the album. I prefer it to Maneater. I honestly, for me, I think it's 50-50. I think they're both fantastic songs. Loads of similarities because of, obviously, the, the same production team on both, but also quite different as well. And Timberland actually um, vocalising his uh, contribution. It's yeah, it's like a it's the modern day "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" by Elton John and Kiki D or something like that, isn't it? It's a wonderful, a wonderful duet. So interestingly, this song was released as the lead single in the states, uh, with "Man Eater" being the second single, uh, but it was swapped over. 
So this was the follow-up single in the UK. That's interesting, isn't it? I wonder why that was. Uh, and it still did brilliantly. So it's got to number three in the UK charts. Which is still a very, very commendable position to be in. And number 38 in the year-end charts as well. So, you know, that's still good. Top still 40. Good. Top 40. Um, and this was, again, this got a little bit of criticism because uh, I think Nelly did write the lyrics to this song. And again, kind of... Rather sexual lyrics. Yeah. Oh, Nelly Furtado. I thought you meant Nelly, uh, as in Dilemma and Ride With Me. And Hot In Here. Mm. Which it is. I have to say, at time of recording, we are talking in an absolute oven of a room. Mm. Both sat here in our string vests and our white fronts. White fronts. See, it's that hot, I can't think. Your bra and knickers. (laughs) It's like um, at school when you forget your PE kit, it just... Vest and pants, or someone else's. Uh, and we are recording this opposite each other, so do be careful, Will, because I'd hate for the mouse to pop out of his house. <laughs> Again, like with Manita, I really love the... There's quite a simplicity, particularly on the chorus, when the keyboard comes in. It's just like these keyboards, little chord stabs, the echo, and they really add, I think, it's, um, it's another layer to the track. And there's an extended outro there which you and I both oh, it was a very about. generous outro yeah thank you Nelly thank you very much guys thank you Nelly and T Timberland yeah got that yeah okay so track number five now and this is Glow make me I really feel like this song could have been a single. In fact, I think this song is better than some of the singles that were released from this album. Really? Because I was going to say we're definitely in album track territory now. How interesting. It's not often we disagree, but I just think it's textbook Timberland. It's got the the, the patterns that make up his sound. as the synths, as the drum loops, as the electronic bass running through it. Um, this, I think, is... I mean, it is an album track, literally it is an album track, but it feels like one of those unscovered gems where the fans love it and argue whether it should have been a single or it should have remained a, a hidden treasure. I do like the electronic drum bed to that song. Oh, drum bed. Mm. What have you been... Been reading up that manual we're writing. Mm. <laughs> Be a lovely Christmas time for Track by Track, wouldn't it? Track by Track presents... The uh, Manual of Pop. Or it would probably be by Cynthia Sounds, wouldn't it? Pen name. Mm. <laughs> She's real. Is she? Very real. Have you seen her uh, written style? Mm. It's a little bit Fifty Shades for my liking. Well, I caught her writing a letter to take a break, and uh, it really was uh, something to behold. On to the next one then. So track number six now. This is Showtime.
So that was showtime. A change of pace. A change of pace. I think thinking about when Nelly Furtado was touring this album and I think the loose tour was huge. She probably needed a bit of a breather after that other string of songs. Um, so it is it's getting into ballad territory there, but it still has very much got the feel of the rest of the album. This uh, Timberland didn't actually work, work on this one. This was uh, Nate Hills, a.k.a. Danger Hands, um, and he co-wrote this one solely with Nelly Furtado and on production duties was joined by Jim Beans. Now, a uh, fun fact for you here, Will, uh, and as a Eurovision fan, I'm sure something you'll enjoy, Jim Beans co-wrote the winning entry for Eurovision 2008, which was Believe by Dima Billen. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm, I thought you'd like that one. There's a Eurovision link in everything. You just have to look for it. Mm, or try not to. Uh, so I'm not a huge fan of that song, but I I haven't yet pressed the button for album artwork time. Okay. And we'll see why later. Hmm. Interesting. Okay then, so on to track... Oh, we've got interludes on this album, so I don't know what number it is. So this is... So uh, the next track is an interlude, which leads us into the following track. So track number eight, this is... No, no Hey Igual. really enjoy the reggaeton oh damn i've wrote that down as well <laughs> uh backing um and production on there which was new to nelly at the time mm, and uh, introduced to her by pharrell yes and i think you can definitely hear that in there that that influence from pharrell it very much does feel like that could have been a, a neptunes or an nerd production rather than a timberland one i do love tracks where you've got that kind of that bed mm. that, that just con- relentlessly continues all the way through a track. Yeah, it's very yeah, very repetitive. This is I mentioned before that Manny through and Promiscuous had repetitive elements, but this I think even more so, so much so that the repetitiveness I think was designed just to be able to dance to and, and almost almost trust the track that you don't you know it's not going on any wild goose chase. It's just enjoy this beat and dance to it, almost like something like Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. It, oh, love that. Oh, mm. that's on the long list, isn't it? It's not. Let me just... Love Angel Music Baby. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that's not on the long list. I can't believe... Not to go on a tangent, but What You're Waiting For is one of my... Probably one of my top ten songs ever. What an amazing... Remember how it starts with just yeah. the, the vocal and then bang, you're straight tick in there. Tick Remember tick the over-elaborate... Not over-elaborate, the very elaborate Alice in Wonderland-style video as well. Mm. Uh, we'll save that for the inevitable Gwen Stefani episode now. I can imagine if you had the hips for it, uh, doing a very uh, gyratory dance to this. Well, you do have the hips for it. No, no my hips do lie. <laughs> well, when you have, when you have your hip hop, that's not hip hop. Hip hop or hip hop? Hip hop. Because uh, this track is a bit hip hip hoppy. Mm. Hip hip hibbity hip <laughs> hop. Are you choking? Do you need the hand remover? <laughs> remover? 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's so hot in here, I can't you, think. You're delirious. I feel a bit like Kim Woodburn on that I'm a Celebrity Trial, which is, I can't lie to you, darling, it's, this is absolutely horrible. <laughs> and one final point, in some territories, this was the lead single. Really? Not in the UK or Europe, really. I suppose it did set out her stall. Not to not to use that phrase twice in one episode, that would be... But it has been. ...remiss of us. So, should we move on? Yes, yeah, so let's go for uh, next one, then. It's track number nine, and this is Tebus. Well, you were singing along there, like your life depended on it. Well, I thought I was Juanes. Yes. The uh, co-collaborator on that track. Certainly has a very different feel to the rest of the album, doesn't it? Yes. And actually, that might be partly because this is the first track we've gotten to. Gotten to? Is that correct English? Yes. Let's go with it. Gotten to. Got to. That doesn't feature either Timberland or Danger Hands on production. That is by Lester Mendes who has worked with artists including Shakira, which you can definitely hear with that sort of sound, uh, and Enrique Iglesias. So again, another sort of Balearic sound. Yeah, so very Spanish guitars. Yeah. It feels a bit like, and this is going to be such a vague a vague uh, reference, but... Oh, well, this is track by track, so... Uh, <laughs> all welcome. Yes. There, you know, Jennifer Lopez's... Uh, on the floor, yeah. And remember the original song that came from that, the the, the song that was sampled in it. Yes. Uh, and that used to be played in school discos when I was a wee whippersnapper. They used to wheel out the the TVs on wheels and play the music videos as well. And that song was on that. And it just reminded me of that a little bit. Okay, time to move on now. Track number ten now. Say it right. <laughs> back in Timberland Town now. I say firmly back, actually. That was a bit more of a subdued effort from him, wasn't it? Uh, Timberland Town sounds like a discount warehouse where they sell um, factory seconds. <laughs> Which uh, has kitted out most of your office, actually, hasn't it? Yeah, we've done very well. Mm, a budget of £46, I think, and you've got the absolute job lock. Uh, I love that song. It's a great song, yeah. It's wonderful. And I just... I think it's just all of it together, isn't it? It's, it's her... It's the kind of shouting sample. Huh. Yeah, I was, that's one thing I want to point out. That is it's pretty much constant throughout the album and it is almost quite a, an easy thing. It's just him making a noise and it's repeated throughout, but it has a great effect in the whole song. You might even call it a motif. You might. No, you might, you might. This was uh, the third single in, uh, in America and Australia and the fourth across Europe. 
And how the hell did it do here, Will? Uh, I can tell you, actually, it was uh, it was very good, actually. Number 10 still. Yeah. So she's still top 10. And this is obviously after the album came out. So obviously the first tracks were the big hits because they were pre-album. Now, did you... What was your sort of journey with buying singles and buying albums? Even if you loved an artist, would you still buy the single after the album had come out? Or at that point, would you think, I don't really need the B-sides and the remixes. I've got the main track on the album. Oh, do you even have to ask this question after all the time we spent talking about music? You get the lot. B-sides and remixes. Yeah, same. If it was a band I really loved, if it was someone that I was quite casual with, I'd maybe buy the first uh, first one or two singles before the album because, of course, it's the only way you could listen to the album on de- uh, the track sorry, on demand. Uh, but following that, even if I got the track on the album, even if I got it on now 36 or whatever as well, if there's a chance to get just a live version of the song or, of course, the video on the CD-ROM or anything like that. I love the thrill, I loved the thrill of having that remix or B-side that you knew about but maybe other people didn't. And just one last thing before we move on from this song, I think I've talked about the simplicity of the other songs quite a lot, actually, and I mean it in a very complimentary way. This one, it's almost like it's more, as I said before, more subdued, laid-back track, but I think there's more going on in the background with this one. I think there's more layers to the synths that you really have to sort of listen into. Uh, and of course, there's that fantastic guitar solo as well. Uh, so I think we're in agreement about how good that is. Uh, track number 11 now. This is Do It. Someone needs to rap off in off the top. quiz for you mm. that reminds me of another song called do it uh but what artist spice girls no no don't know i don't know britney spears i don't know her song reminds do me it. a little bit of do it i think it was one of those extra tracks on a greatest hit affairs mm. i think i'm not a britney aficionado so i'm not sh- i can't say for sure and uh, Brittany, actually, another artist that we haven't covered on the podcast. Uh, she's on the list. Is she? Yes. I don't think we've specified an album yet, have we? I think we were talking about... Well, no, actually, Ooh, won't to say anything more would be to we'll give, be to it, give away. it away. Definitely. So until next time... <laughs> I've been... T- uh, no. Oh, give the game away there. This, I hear a lot of 80s influences, actually, in this one. I think when it first started with the drum and the synths, I could hear a bit of Human League's Love Action. Uh, and then as it got into the chorus more, I could hear uh, Madonna's Into the Groove. Oh, nice comparison, actually. I think it's the more commercially poppy Definitely. song on the album. Which and that's is, not a bad thing. Absolutely not, no. Which is interesting because it's still um, Nelly, Furtado, Timberland and Danger Hands on production duty. So it's sort of the core, the core group of the album on this one. But it does sound very, very, very different uh, to, for example, Promiscuous. And actually, it feels like Nelly's acting less promiscuous on this track. Uh, not n- not so much of a dirty Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Which you've called me many a time. Uh, with good reason, actually, as well. Track number 12 now. And this is uh, what we all are. 
in God's hands. Great time to talk about the fantastic artwork oh, on this album. No. Oh, come on! It's by far the mo- the wettest song on the album. Reminds oh. me of something the Cause might have done for an album track. Oh, I love the Cause. <laughs> Are we going to put them on the long list? Talk on corners. Mm. Uh, no, not even the special edition version with the Tease Radio mix of Dreams. Oh, I love that. Let's pop it on. <laughs> So the album artwork, I love the uh, Nelly Furtado uh, uh, text font on there. Yes, it's nice. I think that is the original logo as well, if I'm not mistaken. She's mm. kept that. That's the, a part of her that stayed with her. And Nelly's on there as well. She's got an elaborate gold dangly necklace, a white vest top, and she's kind of gazing kind of half at the camera, half into the distance, uh, kind of... Not quite sure if she left her hair straighteners plugged in or not uh, at home. Um, and someone's written loose on the top of the album as an afterthought. Like they've just forgotten to put the album title on, so they've just written loose on there. Do you think they thought it's one of those where, you know, the album's so big it won't need the title on there, and at the last minute they thought, no, put it on, put it on, put it on. <laughs> um, you know, it's a nice composition, actually. Yes. Yeah. What I would love to talk about the co-writer and co-producer of this track, Rick Knowles, because... Personally, I can completely understand why this might be your album track uh, moment, but I think it's, it's, I don't I don't dislike this song. I don't hate this song. I just don't know that it f- really feels part of this album. But uh, Rick Knowles, who again not Nick Rick, um, who co-produced and co-wrote this song, has worked with an absolute who's who of megastars, starting in the early days with people like Stevie Nicks and Belinda Carlisle. He went on to work with the cause on their Talk on Corners album. <laughs> if you, Seriously? Honestly, yeah. Uh, I, listeners, I did not know that. This Blimey. Bloody hell. Um, he co-wrote with Madonna. He co-wrote uh, on her Ray of Light album, The Power of Goodbye. He worked with... Oh, Mel- I love that song. It's fantastic. Melanie C on Northern Star um, on the album. He worked on... If you like that album, hold that thought. Really do hold it for a very short amount of time. He worked on I Turn to You, for example. Uh, Jerry Halliwell... Darren Hayes' spin album. Um, if you like Darren Hayes, hold that thought. And more recently, lots of work with Lana Del Rey and Leaky Lee. So a huge name uh, in music that, you know, has produced some fantastic things. And he does some vital work for the disabled and disadvantaged of the UK. No, I think, again, I think that's Nick you're talking about. Sorry, I'm getting my Ricks and Nicks. I'm getting my Nick- Nickers in a twist. <laughs> and your Rickers in a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, oh, don't we have a giggle we on this podcast? Really do. Let's move on. Track number fifteen. We're still going. Um, and this is all good things come to an end. Not this album.
Will, pop quiz for you. Yes. This track was co-written by Chris Martin of Coldplay. But two years previously, he co-wrote a ballad for a UK female artist who was huge at the time. Can you name the artist and that track? Oh my goodness. No, you're going to have to help me out with this. It was See in a Boy's Eyes by Jamelia. Oh really? Did mm. he... Yeah, he co-wrote that with her. do 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 and he played the piano on that track as well, or the electric keyboard, if you will. Um, I have to point out this point. We obviously saw Jamelia at Mouse Hoopla this year, didn't we? Yes. First Unfortunately, it was quite disappointing. <laughs> was it the fact that she filled most of it up with cover versions of songs that weren't her own and didn't even play this uh, scene in her boy's eyes? Or was it the fact that one of them kept stopping, the track kept stopping, and she had to repeat it two or three times? It was everything. <laughs> everything and more. This is, I love this track. Yeah, it's a great song. It is very whimsical. I've used that word a few times. Overused it, time. maybe. Overused it. Um, and it's got to number four in the UK. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great amalgamation of, uh, it's even more laid back, more ballad-like than Say It Right. And I think probably that's what Chris Martin brought to it. It's got the acoustic guitar in there. Um, I wonder, I'm just trying to think to myself, could this have been a Coldplay song? No, probably not. It's got no. More of, it's got too much of a... A feminine voice to it. Yes. Not that that matters. No. But no, I think it's a fantastic song. I, it's interesting. I don't, as far as I know, Chris Martin hasn't worked with Danger Hands or Timberland on anything else, which uh, it's a bit of a shame, really, because this was a great... Great collaboration. Actually, on that subject, what is Timbaland doing now? Do you do you have any idea? No. It's weird that actually, like Nelly Furtado, both kind of at the top of their game at this time, and um, yeah. So we want to put the penultimate track on the album now. Nearly there. Oh. Ne- nearly there. <laughs> uh, this is "Let My Hair Down." out at this point that this song appeared on the UK edition of the album uh, there's when it gets to this part of the album there's a few variations and well I'm not sure it was necessary no and I was disappointed that it wasn't a cover of the Molly King single hair down of the Saturday's fame wasn't that released about 10 years after this album came <laughs> yeah, out yeah it doesn't work I know but uh, it's the other song that reminded me it was called hair down I don't even know that song to be honest um it's good. It's a fun. What a fun song we might say. And it was produced by um, Zenomania. So, oh, that one, not this yeah, one. Not this one. This sounds a bit like uh, Kiss Kiss by Holly Valance. Um, what was, that was a great song, wasn't it? In fact, I think we threatened a long time ago to talk about her State of Mind album, and we never actually got to it. So, I think we still need to actually. Yep. Yeah, go on. It's on. Lovely. So. Uh, the only thing I would like to point out about this song, factually, <laughs> is that it's a different group of writers than uh, any of the songs in the album. It was with Gerald Eaton, 
who worked with Nelly Furtado on her folklore album on a track or two, and Brian West, who has previously worked with Maroon 5. Interesting. Mm. Uh, so definitely an extra track, bonus Certainly. track. We're in bonus track territory. And you and I don't normally uh, tip Vent- our toes into there. No, we don't like to muddy our, get our hands dirty. Absolutely not. So let's move on now, briskly on to the last track of the album, and this is Somebody to Love. to love what a fun song that really actually was a fun song particularly as it I felt like as it got on it got more and more fun and then there was a piano at the end I felt like I was in a country and western bar a tavern a saloon do you want to get any more specific uh, no that was it <laughs> I've not got much too much too much more to say about that track it was fun quite forgettable but a, a, a bit of fun but I will tell you how the album did and how it performed Thank God, come on. Um, and I would give it, uh, I'd give it seven and a half out of ten if I had to give an average score from the reviews um, available. Uh, so, for example, The Guardian gave it four out of five. Rolling Stone gave it three out of five. NME gave it eight out of ten. Uh, Q gave it three out of five. Uh, sadly, no rating again this week from Digital Spy. That's a real shame. Uh, but I know... There's a lot going on on Hollyoaks this summer. <laughs> so we're out of time from the album proper. We've got some further listening. We have, absolutely. Further listening. Further listening. And Dan, what's, what are the rules? We're a bit different this week. Yes, so I think the the main thing about Loose, when you think about this album, is it, it it's a Nelly Furtado album, but it really does feel like a collaboration of Nelly Furtado and uh, Timbaland for the vast majority of it. So we thought, well, what about more sort of Nelly Furtado collaborations? Uh, so, Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. So in a move that was no, in no way the inspiration for our fur listening theme... At all. I have gone for Nelly featuring on one of Timberland's tracks. What? Uh, from Shock Value. And this is Morning After Dark. <laughs> Correction, it was mm. from Shock Value 2. Please get your facts right. Will Although Nelly does feature on Shock Value 1, uh, in Give It To Me, which is also featuring Justin Timberlake, he does like to keep it in the family. Yes, and don't we all? Anyway. <laughs> uh, I love the very striking intro and also a wonderful outro on that track. Yeah, and also just that chorus when it's almost a... Um, 
sprinkling of sparklers or something like that when those synths go off. It really is a beautiful sound. Absolutely wonderful. I uh, prefer it to all the songs we talked about just now. All of them? Yeah. Incredible. But we aren't talking about Timberland, are we? So that's no. why we did that. We're not. Because this... Sorry if I sound a bit ratty, listeners, but it's very hot it's in here. stifling, I think you'd say. <laughs> this, actually, um, I forgot about... I was just thinking, I haven't listened to Shock Value or Shock Value 2 for a long time. And I completely forgot, and I'm just going to mention this very quickly, the song If We Ever Meet Again with Katy Perry, which I thought I loved at the time. And I honestly haven't listened to that song for, must be, well, when the album came out that year. Also, we're going to toss another one into the mix, The Way I Are. Was that on the first one? That was on the first one. Well, you really need to get your facts right. No, I'm not being funny. You're getting ratty now. It's the heat right now. Oh, just simmer down. Yeah. So, my further listen track is very different, actually. This is a collaboration with James Morrison. And, of course, you know what it is now. It's Broken Strings. You can't feel anything that your heart don't want to feel. I can't tell you something that ain't Great time to talk about the fantastic... Oh, Oh, sorry. You've done it. I can't play that card again. Are you really not a fan of that song? Not really. It's a little bit insipid for my life. Insipid? (laughs) How rude. (laughs) I really like that song. I think, actually, James Morrison is... He's got a fantastic voice. He's a fantastic songwriter. um, And I think this just really showcased both of them uh, as great vocalists, actually. Um, And this came after Loose... So it's a very different sound for Nelly. But um, I think it's a very powerful, uh, really lovely ballad. There was um, a cover version. Do you, remember, do you know who covered this song? No. Girls Aloud. Oh, lovely. I should have known that then. <laughs> you just love catching me out like that. I do. And I just want to point out one thing, actually. I've completely forgot when we was going through the album to talk about why this week of all weeks we're talking about this album. And, of course, it's because uh, your favourite song, In God's Hands... Turns twelve today. Oh, that's oh, that's way for thin. That's thinner than the uh, air in London today. Goodness me, we're out of time. We're out of time. I'm out of breath as well at this week. So good, golly, Miss Nelly. We've certainly done the rounds with uh, Loose uh, this week, uh, and what a fantastic album on the whole. It's a great album. Please do let us know what you think to the album. You can tweet us if you'd like to. At move to trash UK, hashtag track by track. I wish I'd have said something like, if you're like a bird, you can tweet us, but I didn't, did I? No, and well done for not going for the obvious thing. Well, it kind of did afterwards. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, uh, pop over to Apple Podcasts uh, and say it right. Give us a review and a rating over there. And if, like our fellow trash podcasters, Robert and Joshua, you are a man eater, then do listen to Torn Stubbs, which is their trash movie podcast. But sadly, all good things do come to an end. So Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease of what's coming up next on Track by Track? Well, I've got two hints of teasers to give you, Will. First of all, you'll be very pleased to know there's a special edition coming up. 
So please do um, if, make sure you're subscribing. So on Saturday morning, to accompany that lovely hangover, you'll have a new episode which is celebrating 50 years of the official charts company. And then a week today, next Tuesday, we have got a. Ooh, no, I'm gonna say be this. very careful with this. It's, very careful. Well, I'm going to give you a big hint, but not too much of a hint. It's a it's a solo. It's our first solo Spice album. So uh, don't say anything more. No, because there's a one in five chance you'll guess it. Well, if we're going on albums, it must be like twenty to choose from. Mm. Only one by VB, and it might not be that. <laughs> Maybe a one in four chance of getting it. To say anything more would be to give it away. So until next time, I've been Jim Beans with Zed. (laughs) And I've been Nick Knowles. No, Rick Knowles. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.